1: I am Raphael.
2: And I'm Michael.
1: The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we borrowed the opening line from Simon and Garfunkel's number one hit song from 1965, The Sounds of Silence, which was also covered by a band I had never heard of until I looked it up called Disturbed which also garnered a Grammy nomination. It began with, Hello darkness, my old friend. It may not have been their intent to say hello to a dark time in their lives to make peace with it, but it would be a great way to heal ourselves of painful or difficult experiences by saying hello to them as we might to an old friend. All healing requires some kind of communication. Without communication about what we are still unhappy with from our past, a part of us remains stuck in the past. Many of us may have the tendency to bury past hurts or push unresolved issues into the shadows, but we know that sooner or later they will come back to, well, bite us, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) If we leave them unattended, even in business, politics, and military strategy, it has been said to keep your friends close, but your quote-unquote enemies closer. If we ignore what is against us, it will surely defeat us. But if we befriend that enemy, we will be aware enough of what to look for, or better yet, we may not have that enemy anymore. Communication always brings about more healing. Communication is the theme of this 13 weeks of our show. Whereas non-communication brings about, you guessed it, more division. Even so, often we may choose not to communicate and let sleeping dogs lie. Why stir up trouble or rekindle old arguments or past slights? Well, it's not about whether we should let sleeping dogs lie or stir up a hornet's nest. It's about communication. And communication isn't just about what we communicate, but often it's more about how we communicate. We may decide not to communicate about something that is not sitting right with us for fear of stirring up more antagonism or pain, especially when we know that a person normally reacts unpleasantly to certain kinds of communication. We know their behaviors. Or we may believe that we're protecting someone from being hurt or upset. Of course, sometimes we're just plain afraid that if we say something to, say, our boss, we might get fired. Or if we tell dad, we'll get punished. Or if we speak our mind, we'll get ridiculed, we lose friends, have unwanted dramas, etc., etc., ad nauseam. If we bury an unresolved experience and pretend that it's not there, we're giving it much more power over us than it has. Our life is all experience and what we learn from it. If we judge one experience to be bad and another to be good, we arbitrarily divide our life into sections and keep them separate from one another. Communication allows us to bring the illusory pieces of our lives back together into the whole that they are. Whatever the experience may have been, we cannot afford to keep hating or punishing ourselves or others for it. Sooner or later, we will have to forgive. So, if that's the inevitable conclusion, why not be proactive and forgive ourselves of that experience? or rather of the judgments about that experience, sooner rather than later. Can we say hello to what we've previously judged as bad or wrong within each of us as an old and dear friend? As we've said in our previous shows, saying hello to someone or to something begins the healing and it's much easier and more pleasant to say hello to a dear old friend than it is to an enemy. The question is, <clears throat> are we willing to say hello to an old wound that we've kept in the dark a long time?
2: Well, you know, since we're throwing around a bunch of <laughs> proverbs today, <laughs> Raphael says, I'm not very good with quotes and proverbs, I, I mixed it up. <laughs> I figured, you know, if I put several proverbs into one, (laughs) more punch. (laughs) He's
1: talking about saying a piece of pie instead of a piece of cake. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And so, uh, we're throwing around, I'll throw one into the ring too. It's long been said that time heals all wounds. You got that one right. (laughs) When our wound is still new and fresh... It may feel too painful. We may feel too vulnerable to say hello to it. We kind of, you know, to acknowledge it is more difficult than just ignore it. So we might be much more in the mindset of, hey, let's go to a movie. Let's do some fun to take our mind off of the pain. It's part of the healing process. On a physical level, I've had a few surgeries and I had to wait to recover first from the actual, you know, the trauma of having had my body cut open, (laughs) sawed practically in half, (laughs) and stitched and whatever else happened to it while I was completely out. You know, I didn't have to deal with it. I wasn't here. (laughs) But each time when I came back, it took a while before I could even go on with my business of living as usual. Only after about three years was i able to start to really look into the trauma of the surgery and begin releasing the deeper pain unconsciousness and you know all the stuff that goes with that to heal myself more completely you know physically after about 6 months hey you know i could do pretty much anything and and it didn't hurt and all that stuff but once yeah. you get far enough away from it you start to be able to Look at it and go, oh, yeah, I need to say hello to that experience that I didn't have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, my body had, but but I did not. And so when I'm back in the body, I have to deal with it. And it's funny because I think about sometimes surgeons when they're working on a body that's unconscious you know, sometimes they might talk about baseball or Golf. something, or, or <laughs> if they're a secret gambler, maybe they're putting some of that energy in that
2: person. Yeah, and that's part of the healing when you come back, because, say, for, for myself personally, I was in the physical unconscious. I've, I may have been very conscious out there in spirit, and I can tell you all kinds of stories, but coming back, oh, yeah. As far as the body was concerned, I have no clue what happened. I have to look at it. I have to say hello to it, and then, just like Raphael said, I start finding even little bits and pieces of the doctor, the surgeon's uncertainty or fear, or, or you know, one of those, oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> Let's see, I dropped my scalpel,
1: <laughs> or maybe they were playing. Uh, violent heavy
2: metal while the yeah, exactly. operation was going on and some of that absorbed into the body. Yeah, the unconscious place. And and so, you know, once I say hello to that, oh, I can start the healing process on that much deeper level that I didn't even know I had to heal, right? Of course, I knew there's going to be something, so I looked for it. And that's the difference between being aware of that and being clueless that, okay, life goes on, it doesn't hurt anymore, I'm glad everything's all fixed. And then, later on, things happen. Even things like, uh, what do you call that, Um, uh, PTSD, you know? Mm -hmm. Panic attacks. Why do they all, all of a sudden, here's somebody who's very strong, courageous, whatever, never had a problem on top of everything, and then, in the middle of nowhere, panic attack. Don't, you don't even know what that is because you never had it before. But when you, if that person goes to, say, a therapist or something and they start digging deeper, you know, that's what therapy is, isn't it? A lot, huge part of the healing you get from therapy is talking about it. And sometimes that's even hard for a lot of people because there's so much pain that they don't even know they have, and so the therapist, as an expert, his or her job is kind of help you gently dig it out and go, "Hey, you know, can you talk about what happened, what you felt?" Oh, it's uh, fine, it's fine. That's how we start, right? Because it's scary.
1: And the other thing is that there, <clears throat> there's such a stigma around going to a therapist. Some people who could actually benefit. From doing so, avoid it because they think it's embarrassing. They think it means they're mentally ill. And Yeah, I'm not crazy. Why should I go to a therapist? And what's wrong with having a part of you that, that is a little crazy that needs healing? Yeah. You know, that's the one thing that I like to look at with, you know, a lot of people, even people I give readings to. They're perfectly normal, loving, wonderful people. But there's one area where they're stuck in. And sometimes if they don't take care of that stuckness, they do get a little crazy. And the therapist's job is to bring their thinking to the right place so they can start to let it go and heal it or forgive it or whatever needs to be done there. We just
2: have to look at our world today. I mean, who can look at all that's going on in the world and not say, gee, you know, there's a lot of crazy people, right? Right. Be mm-hmm. mentally unstable, emotionally off the off the charts, and everything, and some of them hide it as long as they can and then they blow up. But when they do, hey, it's pretty tough. Some of them are living it every day, and I'm sure you know you've had experiences if you work for a big company or something like that, and you had a boss from hell. Why is that person called a boss from hell? It's because it's because, you know, normally this person's a nice person, but then all of a sudden they turn into a monster, you know, and you just get reamed out for nothing and things like that. So there's a lot of people living on a day-to-day basis on a kind of a hair trigger, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what's that? Well, there's stuff bubbling underneath in the, in the shadows. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to say hello. When we say, you got to be able to say hello to darkness, my old friend. Right? Again, because that sentence, that line was great for this purpose. Because how many people look at the dark side of things in their lives as, Mm -hmm. Hey, hello there, my old friend. Have a seat. Let's have a cup of tea and talk about it. Mm You know, and it's not just about verbal, verbalizing it. No, that's just one small aspect. It's first and foremost being able to say hello, to look at it, to acknowledge. Oh, yeah, it's there. Raphael is talking about, you know, people don't uh, associate going to get some kind of help on a therapy level, for example. And because I'm not crazy. You know, if some people are have no problem going to a medical doctor because they have a physical problem, they're saying, oh, that's a body problem. My body has a problem and I need to have a healthy body. So I need some help in getting that all straightened out. But no, I don't have a mental problem. I don't have a, you know, I'm not an emotional wreck. I, I don't have i uh, I'm not crazy. Lots of stigma, just like healers. Lots of healers get invalidated if they get sick, if they get injured, if they their life is having you know challenges. And, oh, you're supposed to be a healer. A lot of people think that. If you're a healer, what kind of healer are you if you're sick? Hey, I'm I'm a fantastic demonstration. I've been dead ten, five times. He almost said ten, <laughs> ten times. times. Let's not, not move, like move that to ten times. No, five. no, no. I've had enough of them. And... Years of recovering from it. And so, um, yes, I learned a lot. That's what we're here for. If a healer or a teacher can't learn, it's not going to work.
1: Well, we're coming upon our first break already. So I'd like to remind you that next Saturday, October 19th, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, We'll be teaching the next teleclass in our current set of classes on your psychic development, your happiness, and your chakras. Um, This is from our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think series. This particular teleclass will be on your fourth chakra, affinity, worth, and relationship. Each of the seven classes in this set covers one of your major chakras, what they are, how they are essential in your daily life, and spiritual growth. How you can become more aware of them and how to take care of them for your optimal health and happiness. If you can't be on the phone in person while we teach the teleclass, you can always sign up for the class and receive the MP3 audio download recording. All the past teleclass audio downloads are available as well. If you've never joined us for a teleclass, which you can do from anywhere in the world, just go to our website Michael Tamura T-A-M-U-R-A dot com events calendar for October 19th to get all the details. To sign up, you can also call our office at 530-926-2650 Monday to Friday business hours again Pacific Time. We'll return in a couple of minutes and continue with Hello Darkness My Old Friend, Communication and Healing. Be right back.
2: Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. We
3: hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling one 346 9141 Again, that's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: It's good to have you back. Let's continue with our topic for today. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Communication and healing. And Michael was talking about being a healer and not always doing so well physically or um, whatever themselves. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little more about that?
2: (laughs) Yes. You know, Every I have a kind of a joke that I tell people. It's not a joke joke, it's it's true. I often I say that healers are some of the sickest people on the planet. <laughs> Why is that? You know, it's the opposite of what people expect is if obviously, you know, if you're a doctor, let's say, do you ever get sick? Well, chances are you're around sick people all the time. Sure, if you're a doctor, you probably you know, have your your immunizations and all that kind of stuff and, and take a lot of precautions to keep yourself healthy. But nah, you're around sick people all the time. Chances are you're going to get sick sometime. With healers, spiritual healers, psychic healers, natural healers. Sensitive people. They're all sensitive people. <clears throat> It's it's a requirement as a healer, isn't it? (laughs) What's the problem with, you know, you go to a healer who's completely insensitive? They're not aware and they don't have power. Sensitivity is completely directly proportional to the power that you're in, you access within yourself of spirit, right? doesn't matter what kind of profession you're in or what type of healing you practice, you need that power of spirit to make it work, to be effective. And healing happens when you do whatever you do. So, then, that power is what makes us that sensitive. Until we learn how to have that, how to use it correctly, it works against us because we don't realize how much power there is within each of us and other people's problems, their negativity, their pain, their illness, bounces off of that power. And if we're not uh, aware, we feel it, we become it, and we go, God, I can't do this because every time I come around a sick person, I get sick. Or every time I come around a person in pain, I get in so much pain, I can't even, you know, deal with them I'm barely dealing with myself well they're not aware they're not barely dealing with themselves they're barely dealing with themselves not being able to deal with what they're experiencing with their sensitivity because they think it's what they're feeling for themselves they don't know that what they're experiencing is 80% 90% sometimes 99% someone else and so that's that's a lesson that every healer of every kind has to learn before they can really start to step up and be the healer they're meant to be. And so then if you're if you're a healer it's well yeah just in the uh traditional medical model, right? Some people don't consider that healing, but but it is, you know. Well, why does it, most doctors become doctors? Because they want to heal. Well, how come a doctor's education in college is practically twice as long as a regular college? There's so much to learn. But that's mostly on an intellectual, physical level. With a healer, who's not necessarily a doctor or any kind of particular profession, but you're a healer, what happens is... You need to learn a lot, even more, than what you can learn in eight years of college. And your school is mostly the school of life. So, as a healer, we go through all kinds of life experiences so that we can start to understand the people we're working with. We go through at least minor versions of what our patients so so called future patients are going to come to us with and the more we start to learn from our experiences of going through things one of the huge things that a healer has to learn and develop is compassion so you can as a healer you can't hold something against somebody just because they're they're having trouble or they did something that you know, they're in total regret and punishing themselves for. Well, if you jump on the bandwagon and says, oh yeah, you're a horrible person. You did this? You did what? You know, I can't stand you. Hey, there's no healing. <laughs> so a healer has to learn by experience, from life experience. This is stuff you can't learn in a textbook. You gotta live it. And so, oftentimes, The healer finds himself or herself in a difficult situation. You know, one little thing is when I was young, I used to be impatient, you know, when a little old lady or a little old man is walking across the the pedestrian crossing and I'm in a fast car (laughs) and I got places to go and people to see and time is, yeah, time (laughs) is, you know, important. And they're just chung, okay, it's already green light on my side. There's They're on red light, but obviously I'm not going to drive them over. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And from a very, very young person's viewpoint, it looks like, boy, they don't care about anybody else. They're just taking the all the time in the world just across the street. Well, the first time I've had such excruciating pain in my joints and stuff that that I couldn't even stand up. I couldn't even sit down. I couldn't do anything. And I'm going, Holy moly. If I had to cross the street by myself at this point, I couldn't do it. And so then as I start to get well and okay, I still a lot of pain. It's but I can't walk. I can, definitely I couldn't run. I couldn't jump. But walking from one place to the other just across the room was difficult yeah it took time and people had to wait for me it wasn't because I was not being mindful of other people's time and you know everything no this is the best I can do and that was hard so that gave me a so huge of a of a space of understanding and and then, hey, it's no problem. Yeah. I'm being able to let that go, it's just like, hey, if I get unhappy about it, if I get frustrated, whose problem is that? Not theirs. It's mine. So I learned really fast. And so that's just one minor thing, but it's not really minor to the person you're attending to. And you don't have to consider yourself a healer you're a human being. Every human being cares. So, underneath everything, you find that one of the biggest challenges you have in life in relationship to other people is being a witness to their suffering. And the bigger the suffering is, at first, the harder it is for the person witnessing it. And the closer you are to that person, the more you love that person, the harder it becomes even more. So, but that's not limited to, you know, one person or a few people who go through an experience where the person, the love of their life, is going through hell. No, we all have that. And if you're a healer and you're dealing with a lot of people, sure. They might be, quote, strangers until you start to work with them. But, no, it really, the bottom line, it's not going to make a difference. When you really are able to say hello, you know, darkness, my old friend, you start to find that love is there. You might cover it up with all kinds of judgments, but it's still there. And if you're ignoring it, you're hurting yourself. It hurts and you just have to shut down and you go, "Uh, I can't be around this person. You know, they're obnoxious. I can't be around this person. They're too angry. I can't be around this person. They're they're bleeding. I I can't stand blood. (laughs) Hey, that may be so. But when you look at that and you go, okay, how come I'm having so much trouble? Being able to say hello, look at this person in their eyes and say, hey, I see you. Because it hurts too bad. It's too hard. And so, so then, you are are you dealing with that person's pain? No. You're having trouble dealing with the pain inside of you. And having to be a witness. Having to observe. Having to see some other human being. Or... Hey, for some of you, it's not human beings. It's dogs, cats, you know, giraffes, dolphins. You look around. Every species has suffering. And they just, you don't hear about them unless you have one as a pet that you live with. Then you get to see when they're, when they're feeling great and they're happy and everything's going well, they're a different person you know, I consider cats and dogs and everybody else, hamsters, people. They're just different species of people. And just like humans, when they're in pain, they're having trouble. They can't say, hey, my leg hurts or my head hurts or whatever. No, they communicate in a whole different way. But if you can't bear to see that, and what is it that makes us have so much fear and so much pain in being around a loved one who's going through really tough stuff. Oh, not only our pain, but we can't stand ourselves, especially when you consider yourself normally a capable person, normally smart, and and especially if you're even a trained healer. You're supposed to do something. Right? This is someone you really love. You're supposed to be able to help them. What if you're you're a medical doctor? Hey, this is a very important experience I had a few lifetimes ago when I was a medical doctor in a different country, different time, and I was considered kind of a miracle worker in that arena as a physician. People came to me from everywhere, and seemingly I had the magic touch. I treat them, and they get well, even in very difficult cases, even in hopeless cases. Except when it came to when my family, when my wife and two kids, I couldn't do a thing to help them. I tried everything. I pulled all the stops, did everything, couldn't help them. Ah, yeah, it took me a few lifetimes to work through that one. But that taught me a great lesson, yeah? Whose problem was that? No, it was mine. I'm the one who's going, what's wrong with me? I'm supposed to be this great doctor, and I can't save the people who are most important to me in my life. I've, I've saved all these other people. Wrong. I didn't. They gave me credit. But, no, I didn't save them. They did. So, the flip side, I couldn't save these people when I saved all those people. It's all based on a lie. Huh. I'm not the one who saved all those people and I'm not the one who couldn't save these people. Everyone has free will. Everyone has power. Everyone has their own life path they have to go through. Some of them, huh, the life path is having a miracle healing and all of a sudden they're dying of say cancer one moment and next thing, whatever happens, and it's gone and it's everybody agrees it's a total miracle. That was part of their life path. But that doesn't happen to everyone because For the next person, even with the same cancer or the same illness or injury or whatever, it's for them to go through and learn what they need to learn from that life experience.
1: Our second break is coming up. And as usual, we like to give reminders. This was a lot to think about. So I almost hate to shift over to our reminders, but here we go. If you haven't already signed up for our free monthly newsletter to find out about what we're doing and where, you can do that quite easily by going to our website, Tamora.com. Tamura, it's easier to use his name instead of mine in there. <laughs> uh, and filling out our email on the right-hand column of your computer or scroll down to the bottom of any page if you're using your phone. Any questions? About how you can receive our newsletter or about our seminars and events. You can always call our office at 530 926 2650. That's in the US, Monday through Friday during normal business hours, Pacific time. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of Hello Darkness, my old friend, communication and healing. See you in a couple minutes.
0: Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
4: What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work, and you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Join host Marla Goldberg each week for Guided Spirit Conversations. This show puts you, the listener, in touch with some exciting guests. Hear how they've helped others and find out how you can help too through Marla's charity shout-outs. Are you ready to shift your current life experience? We've got tips, tools, and techniques designed to help you get started. Guided Spirit Conversations can be heard Thursdays at noon Eastern time 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment
2: Change
3: your world Change your life VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: Welcome back. Today we've been talking about our willingness to say hello to what may have been dark times in our lives. The way we might greet an old friend, and how communication, even about difficult or painful experiences, inevitably leads to healing. And you know, one of those processes that a lot of people go through when they are healing from some kind of dark experience is Looking to blame someone. Mm. Blame, you know, okay, uh, there are certain things that have to go through their karmic processes, such as when you have a fender bender with someone out in traffic. Of course, you exchange phone numbers and take care of business. Or if they wreck your car, you might have to take them to court and so forth. But nothing says that you have to continue in that energy of blame, blame, blame. And one of the things that I noticed in my many years of giving healings and readings is that a lot of times, say, uh, using a car accident as uh, an example, someone will totally hang on to their injury Mm -hmm. while they're suing someone for that injury rather than opting for healing. So that's one thing. You don't have to do that. It's okay to heal even if you're... If you have uh, found that in your heart of hearts, you need to sue that person for whatever the injuries were, it's okay to still heal. You don't have to hang on to it. Because basically what that says is you're not forgiving that situation. You're not letting it go. You're not letting yourself move on until you get that money from that person or you have that person feel punished. So leading from that to... How we lo- how in this world, I, I used to call it the blame game. Everybody's always looking for someone else to blame for what happens. Even when something is actually their own fault. And I had someone show me something once that I really love to share with people. And that is, when you blame someone, if you take your hand and you point outwards, you're pointing to someone, I- I'm blaming you for something. Look at your hand. You have three fingers pointing right back at you. So what's happening here is when you're blaming someone, you're basically projecting onto them something that maybe they did and maybe they didn't. But what is it that you really don't like is whatever this person did, there's something very similar inside of yourself. And it's so much more comfortable to just spew it onto someone else rather than to look at it inside of yourself. So one time I was in... a party, a little uh, a party with our psychic group that we had many, many years ago. And I was a beginning student and some guy came and sat next to me and I got up and moved somewhere else. And <laughs> my teacher was observing it at that time. Michael wasn't my teacher at that time. It was someone else in in this group. It was the same group my, Michael was in. And he he called me over and sat me down next to him. And he said, now, why did you get up and move away from that guy? And I said, I just can't stand sitting next to him. You know, I was kind of blaming him for why I was uncomfortable, in other words. Mm. And what he taught me at that moment was one of the most important things I've learned, I learned up to that point, which is well, if somebody makes you uncomfortable, it's really because you have something inside of yourself that you have not healed. Mm-hmm. So even if the person is not such a great person or, you know, they've committed some mortal sin or something like that, like people that are incarcerated, you know, people love to hate on incarcerated people. But, you know, they're they're already in their own energy working working out what they did, and they're already paying the price for it. Why hate on it some more? So this was one of the things I learned at this little Halloween party was I could sit next to someone and do something called blowing my matching pictures, even if I don't know what they are. If if I haven't even hardly gotten to know someone and they just make me, you know, have, have, the, the, heebie-jeebies. have <laughs> the heebie-jeebies, make me feel creepy or whatever, there's something creepy inside of me that knows that creepiness inside of that other person. Just like when you sit down next to someone and you feel like you're in a spa. Oh, this person's energy is so wonderful and so nice. Or how people look up to certain uh, leaders and so on because they they think they're wonderful and they love them. Why do they know that? Mm -hmm. Because they have that inside of them as well.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about this being able to say hello to, like Raphael said, the dark areas of our lives or of some other people's lives, and it doesn't matter which way it goes, does it? Because just like Raphael said, if you're having trouble with someone else's dark areas, you the only reason you do is because you have the same, some of the same in yourself. And this is the part that's probably most important. When people start to recognize reincarnation, I've been here before, I, this isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> it's not my millionth rodeo. I've been so- thrown off so many times <laughs> already. And ah, some of those times, we we don't remember them. You know, it's so far back. It's like somebody bring, somebody who knew you as a baby or a little child brings up an a experienced day remember and you go I I don't remember that at all it's like that with past lives and there's we've had so much experience we don't remember every little detail so when those things start to pop up you have feelings that you haven't had in lifetimes and but it affects you if it's especially on a negative level so then what's the key question here it's Do I love myself enough to let this suffering, like we were talking all throughout today, when you really look at, what's the problem? Why is it that we have so much difficulty saying hello to stuff we rather keep in the shadows? You know, uh, we talked about it in terms of healers and sensitive people and whatnot, but more common, like, do you want to, Somebody to say, oh, a little kid to come. They're great because they don't have any hang-ups, right? And if they're especially psychic, they they come and they find your biggest, you know, stuff you're hiding and push the button. Your biggest dowie. Yeah, and you go, oh, how come? You know, let's say if you're if you got all kinds of stuff about being fat or overweight, and the little kid goes, mommy, mommy, why is he so fat? <laughs> <laughs> or, or if you feel like you're you're the ugliest person in the world, and even though, hey, you're not, but you feel like it. And a little kid comes, and their experience—they're so much more aware and sensitive. A lot of times, they experience it and they re- repeat it right back to you. How come you're so ugly? You know, and it's like you want to just crawl into a hole and die. Sometimes. The embarrassment, humiliation people experience is that intense. And for someone else, I mean, I've seen that with people who are gorgeous and they feel ugly. Or people who are actually on the slender side of things and they feel fat. And, and they have such judgment about being fat. Or whatever the issue is. But okay, Underlying, it doesn't matter what it is, it's the suffering we're having problems with. And just like I was talking about earlier, if you can't handle somebody else's suffering, compassion is being able to continue to love, to continue to be willing to and choosing to love even if someone's going through a hard time, even if someone's suffering. Huh because you're not afraid of the suffering so how do we get, how do we let go of the suffering other people's suffering our suffering it really boils down to if we could let go of our suffering hey we won't have a problem with having compassion in relationship to someone who's suffering and the question is am i worth it do i deserve to be happy and whole. Because suffering is just being divided against oneself. That's what we experience every time we divide ourselves against ourselves. We suffer in some way. So it's bad enough if someone punishes, someone else punishes us. But no matter how bad it might be, we can always overcome it. But when we do that to ourselves, we can't get. Back up. We fall and we're kicking ourselves after we fall. We can't get up. If somebody else is doing it to us, we can roll over you know, <laughs> even if you don't know jujitsu or, or karate or <laughs> self-defense or anything like that, you can figure out. Somehow get out, get out of there. But if we do it to ourselves, we can't get back up until we're willing to to forgive ourselves. So what do we hide in the shadows? Ah, easy. Shame? Oh, that's a big one, isn't it? We don't want the public to know. We don't want anybody. We don't even want our closest family members or our loved ones to know what we're ashamed of, right? That's a normal human reaction. But when you know that, You have to be able to say hello to that and go, wait a minute, what am I ashamed of? How come I'm ashamed of this in my life or this about me? Where did I pick that up from? Because shame isn't something that is set in stone where, okay, this is something to be ashamed of because that's what everybody has to do. No, It's, it's taught, it's learned. How about things you're guilty ab- about? Oh, yeah. Or even regretting you did it. Or you didn't do something. Or you might be, dis- you know, you don't want to publicize disappointments. Or you were hoping for something and, and you know, you're, you were a dismal failure. It didn't happen. Or f- Fear. Or maybe a broken heart. You become hard toward other people because you had your heart broken and you still blame that person, blame that situation, blame yourself. That's the biggest part of what an idiot I was to fall in love with that person. And I got my life ruined. Things like that, right? And you don't want to be known as an idiot. So, so you tend to hide those things. Oh no, Uh, I'm over it, whatever. But, the pain's still there. Okay, so we need to learn to let go of all that. Do we want to suffer one minute longer? When I ask that to myself, anytime I'm suffering at any level, I ask that to myself, and the answer I get, it's a no-brainer. No, not a minute longer, not a second longer. Okay, once I establish that, then I go, okay, so I'm now going to turn this around. I'm now heading in the direction of letting go of the suffering, whatever it takes. And I have to start to say hello to, okay, what's what's making me suffer so much about this? Let's go deeper. Let's Let's find out more. And as I start to let go, even just saying hello to it, all of a sudden, the entire suffering might not go away, but it starts to get a little bit lighter. Then I know I'm on on the right track because I've decided I'm willing to let go of the suffering. But what helps is I have to ask myself, am I worth it? Am I worth feeling great? Am I worth being happy? Am I worth enough for, my, for me to love myself?
1: Huh. The answer to this is always, always yes, you are. And it doesn't matter what uh, station you have in life or what mistakes you've made. Recently, I heard a woman speak uh, who was going around with her new book, Sherry Salata, and she talked about how women are notorious for holding their mistakes against themselves for, uh, for life. Mm. So as they get older and they finish their motherhood and everything, they don't feel worth being able to uh, do something worthwhile beyond their childbearing years. And that's so not true. You know, there is room for forgiveness and there's always room for love. Well, we're coming to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it and gained some new insights and tools. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for our show, Talk Story, Mining for Treasures in Your Soul. If you enjoy hanging out with people and sharing your experiences in life and the lessons you gleaned from them, be sure to tune in to find out how every soul is a gold mine waiting to be discovered and excavated. Also, if you'd like to learn more about your fourth chakra and how it impacts your experience of oneness, self-worth, and how you feel in relationship to anyone or anything, join us anywhere in the world, from anywhere in the world for our next teleclass, your fourth chakra, Affinity, Worth, and Relationship. Find out all the details and sign up on our website events calendar section MichaelTomora.com, or call our office, which is in Mount Shasta, one five three zero nine two six two six five zero during normal business hours, Pacific Time, Monday to Friday. Until then, be inspired. Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Have a good day, and we'll see you next week.
0: We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on earth.